Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Welcome to They, Professional Subordination, Chapter 2, Part 2. Here we go. Let's talk about this whole private mode because that's that's going to be interesting because a lot of folks are going to use that as an opportunity to share privately what they really think. That's what people are thinking. Privately, I get to share my real thoughts with my direct. BS. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, you know, your, your first responsibility to the firm, right? The whole idea to support something publicly and then to not support it privately and to think that you're clever or that, well, no, that's okay because the company doesn't really monitor my private conversations or I'm entitled to have some sort of different relationship with people privately than I would publicly. Oh, that's fine. Look, an ethical manager, folks, doesn't communicate differently in public than he or she does in private. Okay. Think of this thought experiment. You're a manager. Your boss has just told you in a, in a meeting with your peer managers that layoffs are coming. You're told this is confidential information. You're given a sense that most of your team is going to be fine. An hour later, you're in a team meeting and someone blurts out, I heard a rumor that there are going to be layoffs. Is that true? By the way, if you think that there aren't going to be questions once you hear, trust me, there, there are no secrets. So in this situation, you are allowed to say, I don't know, and even if I did, I wouldn't say so. Folks, remember, you are not required to give an honest answer to a question that you are not required to answer, okay? Someone can't use your integrity against you in asking you a question about something that you are not at liberty to reveal. You, your integrity can't be used. They can't expect an honest answer to a question that they ought not to be asking. Now, they're wrong to ask, but we respect the motivation for asking. It's their self-preservation there. Um, and you're obligated to draw the line between you and your team. Would you really feel that you kept your word to your boss that you weren't going to share anything? If after you said, I don't know, and even if I did, I wouldn't say so, uh, if you then met privately with several members of your team and told them layoffs were coming, but not to worry, no, you, you can't do that, okay? You can't say, oh, well, I supported it publicly, but in privately. Because, in fact, you don't create relationships in public. The relationships that matter are the ones that are done one-to-one. -one. Managers don't get to act differently in private than public. Support is support. Professionalism is professionalism. It's not a hobby. It's not an, it doesn't have an on-off switch. It's simply an ethical way of life. This makes it hard, I'm, I'm sure. You might say, well, there's one person I need to talk to. No, there's no one. Now, if, if you wanted to say to your boss, look, my number two, I'd like to have him involved in some of these discussions because we have these discussions every 18 months to two years. He's about to become a manager. I want him to be good at it when he gets in there. I want him to understand what steel cage deathmatch meetings are like and so on. And your boss might allow that, but that would be the organization agreeing to it. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I'm going to say something else. It's hard. Um, some of you will disagree vehemently. I'm sure I'll get mail. You don't get to go to a bar two days later when you're visiting with friends and bitch about what happened. Okay. Even if your friends don't work at the firm, even if your friends work in a different department, that's not affected. It doesn't matter. You don't get to say ah, blah, 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 because it's a small world and stuff gets out and it's not fun. It's not the best part of the job at all, but it's the part of the job you get the extra pay for. Right. 
You talk about pushback, right? So let's say your your organization was working on this particular project that is now moot. You've been working on it for six months. It's done, right? And there are some implications in terms of staffing and budget and communications. I mean, there are, there are serious issues related to the cancellation of this project that your team is focused on, right? And so you're not suggesting that we're just going to pretend that those issues don't exist, right? No. Oh, gosh, no. Those issues there's work exist. to be done. There's work to be done. We, there's there's some impacts to us because of our decision, not the decision, because right. of our decision. And we're going to work through those. Right. And when people complain, you can say, I hear you. And I will tell you, as, as Tom Hanks said in Saving Private Ryan, you don't complain down. Right. I hear what you're saying. I hear your complaint. I register it. I'm not going to agree with it. It doesn't help us do our work that exists today by talk about disagreement that is, is essentially moot now that the decision has been made. Right. And, and, and hearkening back to our previous cast about this three or four years ago, we have murdered the unchosen alternative of those other choices or keeping people on board or doing the work we were doing before, and now we are doing this work. And the only way any organization is successful, regardless of the decisions it's make, is that it executes them well. A company that makes great decisions but executes them all poorly won't succeed. Now, we want both. We want decisions and execution. But at this point, the decision's already been made, and so it's all about execution. And one way you can strengthen your relationship is to let your people vent to you. But... You don't try to build your relationship by agreeing with them. You can be supportive of how they feel and then tell them, and I support this. I agree with it. You can't say, I don't agree with it, but I support it because that's essentially damning with faint praise. And I expect you to do great work. And John, I got to tell you, if you're still complaining three weeks from now, um, that'll worry me because I won't believe three weeks from now you're giving me your best work if you're still complaining. That's right. I'm not telling you to be quiet. I'm telling you there's a half-life on complaining. There's a half-life on mourning something you didn't get. Right. And if you want to distinguish yourself as a direct, because this is going to happen to you as a direct, right? Your boss, right. you know, hopefully they're, they're going to follow our, our advice here. You're going to disagree. And you want to distinguish yourself as a direct, be a professional about it. Okay, boss. All right. That's the decision. How do I support it? And, yeah. and we had this just, just like, what, a month ago, you and I, we, we spent a day in, at, at your house in Pebble and we had kind of a kind of a mini strategy session and we made some decisions. Wendy, Wendy in particular was working on, on a project. She had spent a considerable amount of time at several months worth of thinking about it and several and, and a few months worth of work on it. And we made a decision that basically put that all on hold to some indeterminate time into the, yeah. in the future and said, no, we're going to stop that. We want you to focus on X. And to her credit, she said, okay, great. Let's, right. let's do it. What do we need to do to get this thing done? I mean, it was yeah. really, her response was flipping awesome. And we were, yeah. frankly, we were worried like she's going to be disappointed because this was a project that she was completely vested in, right? Right. But and this, this brings up a good point about emotions versus behaviors and why manager tools focuses on behaviors because organizations are built on behaviors and not on emotions. And you can't control somebody else's emotions and you, you're not responsible for somebody else's emotions. But somebody might have said afterwards, well, I really expected her to be disappointed. And you would say, she was. That's right. And, and they'd be like, no, no, she wasn't. Yes, she was. She'd be a fool not to be. 
And I love the fact that she's energized about that thing and her emotional attachment to the work she, she does doesn't get to trump the reason the work exists to support the larger cause that the mission the mission of the organization is to make every manager effective every professional productive so when somebody said to me in fact somebody did I, she i was really surprised I said why that's the professional thing to do well she would have been i, I expected her to be disappointed she was well i couldn't tell that doesn't mean she wasn't she just did the right thing the hard thing Right? It's the it's the cadet prayer line. Make us to choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. The harder right as a professional lead manager. And folks, when you're a manager, even at the lowest level, you begin to take on the mantle of leader because you speak for the firm. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And if you don't make the decision to speak for the firm, if you don't say, what does the firm ask of me here? Again, we go back to the title of the cast, Professional Subordination. If you don't ask that, if you start with yourself, if you start with the solipsism of the self, um, you're going to make wrong decisions about this, and organizations will fail. In fact, I think there's a lot of people today talking about flat organizations or you want to go do what you want to do as an entrepreneur. In fact, Wendy uh, just wrote in Mad Sad Glad that she gets the feeling that every place is saying, start your own company, start your own company. Uh, I, I, and I disagree with that simply because um, people have these great ideas. But unless you're a salesperson, folks, don't start your own company. Or because get a partner your who first is a responsible. Or yeah. get somebody who yeah. is a... <laughs> yeah. But, but the, this idea that I have to do my own thing. Look, freedom and equality and diversity are wonderful. And we want you to feel free. For those of you who are free enough to pursue your dreams, good, right? But be careful about following your passion so much so that sometimes you we forget that sublimating oneself to the incredible beauty and value of organizational magnification of human potential is such that there are times when you don't always get what you want. If every person in the organization always gets everything they want, it's not an organization anymore. Yeah. And suddenly there's no profit. And, and I'll disagree with Mark a, a little bit here, which is, you know, feel free to follow your passion. Like I started learning guitar about a, a year and a half ago, right? I spend 15 minutes a day and I'm making progress. And you know what? I'd love to be a rock star. I think that'd be freaking great. Yeah. So go ahead and pursue your passion as a rock star. Just be willing to live with the consequences of having done yeah. so, right? <laughs> which is to say being indigent <laughs> yeah exactly you want to live on a in, a in a cardboard box on the corner of a busy street then then yeah then great but yeah don't complain when it doesn't work yeah. out you're not a rock star you're a box star yeah. a box star rock yeah. box star good all right box of rocks okay yeah yeah, yeah good so i promise we promise specific guidance regarding how to make the decision and, and hopefully the the underlying thing is okay start from where you should be and then work your way to what verbiage will work for you rather than starting with your hurt or disappointment or your frustration and then coming up to some minimal acceptable level. I don't know. I look up at the top of the organization and if I ever found out the CEO of a 300 million, billion, 4 billion, 20 billion company was trying to meet the minimum acceptable level, I'd say, wow, I need to go find somewhere else to work. Uh, and you essentially to your team um, in some ways are even more of the CEO than the CEO is.
Well, you are. I mean, you are. Yeah. We've we've said this several times, right? And today and in and other podcasts, you speak for the firm. You are the firm. You're not speaking for yourself. Yeah. You're not I'm not Mike the manager. I'm I'm Mike co co founder of manager tools when I'm talking to my directs. Yeah. We're gonna talk now a little bit about the underpinnings. We've answered the question about what to do. We've given you some examples. We encourage you, by the way, to send us emails and tell us how you would say it or what you agree or disagree with. We're happy to have those discussions. I'm probably not gonna debate with you. Okay, we, we have a point of view, but I'm happy to hear how you've done it and what's worked and what hasn't worked and so on. Um, and if you're going to disagree, disagree agreeably, I'd appreciate that. I get plenty of mail and I answer all of it. Um, but now we're going to talk about why this is so. And part of that is the title, You Speak for the Firm and Not for Yourself. If we could figure out a way, and we're leaning in this direction, to have more casts that aren't actionable, um, this would be one of the casts, the underpinnings of management, the underpinnings of organizational life, um, the underpinnings of ethics, the underpinnings of professionalism, and so on, the underpinnings of relationships, uh, why we recommend what we recommend. We try to work it into casts, and it's one of the reasons why a lot of people say they're too wordy, that one guy is arrogant and he's too wordy. <laughs> I, how could they say that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's Why would they say that about you, Mike? I, don't, I, don't I try know. to be agreeable, but okay. I'll but anyway, on. yeah. Look, guys, so you speak for the firm, not for yourself. I want to try to explain this. I came up with a, with a particular wording. I've been dealing with this question for years and years and years, and this is the best. For the next couple of minutes, I'm just going to talk about the underlying theory here. And I think it'll make it easy for many of you to understand why we're asking you to meet a higher standard than perhaps you have before. Look, as a manager, you have role power. If you don't know this, there are three powers in your organization, role power, expertise power, and relationship power. There are no wizard powers or witch powers, <laughs> just those three, role power, expertise power. The wizard power, power cast, excellent. The, yeah. <laughs> the role power that you have is built into your role by your firm, right? Now, I want you to listen carefully here, okay? The right that you have to communicate with the power of the firm which is one way to think about your role power. So listen to that again. The right you have to communicate with the power of the firm comes with the responsibility to communicate for the firm. You do not get the right to communicate with the power of the firm. You're fired. You're hired. We're going to spend this money here. We're going to do that. No, you have to stop working on that. That is your role power. If you can't persuade someone to do it, although when it comes to budgeting, it's not persuasion. It's just the ability to actually log into something. That power comes with it in all things. All powers have balancing responsibility, unless you're talking about tyranny, comes with the responsibility at times to communicate for the firm. That's the trade-off you make. You don't get to have your role power without the responsibility to do what we're talking to you in this cast. Right. That's the balancing. Right. And folks, you you may not like it. I can see where some people wouldn't like sure. it. Sure. Then don't take the job. It's part of the, the yeah. bargain. It's part of the bargain. Yeah, it's inherent. And and you know what? And this is why we need manager training. People need to go offsite once a week. Or maybe we only promote managers once a quarter. And three or four senior leaders and three or four HR people and three or four junior leaders get together 
and spend a week or three days and say, this is how we manage here. Here are the basics. Let's talk about ethics. Let's have a, a discussion about this scenario that happened last year in one of our divisions. Let's talk about what happens when you have to do work in a country where bribing a foreign official is okay. Interestingly, Peter Drucker once said that bribing a foreign official um, is not inherently wrong because in some foreign countries, um, that kind of... Uh, political um, payoff is normal. You're not venturing an opinion no, on that right now. No, just no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but, yeah, no. And I, I try not to disagree with Drucker, although we have on occasion. Um, but look, if you don't have that time, all people understand is what their boss has shown them about what management is. But as I've told people before, you want to be an engineer? You got to pass the test. If people are going to drive over your bridge, you have to prove you can build the bridge. You're going to have to pass a test. Frankly, you're going to have to build a bridge. You're going to have to prove to somebody you can do it. Otherwise, we're not willing to risk lives on you or saying you're an engineer. It's one of the reasons, in fact, I, I hate to bring this up, but since ethics have come up, that's the reason West Point was invented, was to create engineers for the country. And both Mike and I studied engineering there. And yet, when it comes to managing, which is a far more pervasive role in the world than engineering, there's no requirements. There's no hurdle you have to get over. There's no barrier you have to come over other than, oh, you're promoted. You did well in your last job. So again, the role power that you have includes, hey, oh, by the way, because we're going to give you this power, there's a catch. You have to communicate for the firm all the time. You always communicate for the firm. And then sometimes you have to choose to communicate for the firm proactively and positively, even when for the sake of argument, you disagree, uh, notwithstanding it occasionally wars with your private feelings. Look, anything you say as a manager can reasonably be construed to be your firm's opinion, and frankly, it ought to be your firm's opinion, and in fact, that is not a burden of management, but in fact, a plus of management. The right to speak for the firm isn't something we use only when we're promulgating new ideas or pro ideas or projects. It's not a responsibility that only applies when we're hiring somebody or firing somebody. Yeah, it's not it's not the coin that always shows up heads. Right? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and guys, think about this for a minute. I've talked about this before. The flip side of this concept is that nothing said to you if you're a manager, is ever confidential because the manager's first responsibility to the firm. When your directs speak to you, they are speaking to the firm. You can't offer them confidentiality. We have a cast for that. That right, that responsibility, the responsibility that balances the power of the right is ever present, so much so that we have to communicate at all times as if everything we say will be assumed to come with the imprimatur of our firm. Look, uh, you guys, hopefully, longtime followers, longtime listeners will know that we believe the manager's responsibility of the firm. It's not even we believe it. It's fundamentally built into the very structure, except if there's an ethical breach where you're authorized to speak for ethics, then your first responsibility is the firm. Uh, it's that responsibility comes before our responsibility to ourselves and certainly before it comes to our directs, okay? Despite whatever relationship we might have with any or all of our directs, we cannot put that in front of our commitment to the firm. Now, that sounds old-fashioned to a lot of folks, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it does. And, and yet, it's inherently built into the very structure of vertically, organization for, uh, vertically organized firms today.
And by the way, for those of you who believe there might be a better structure and you don't like what we're telling you and therefore say, oh, so vertical structures are bad because I don't like it, uh, you might be surprised. I've said this before. Many sociologists, in fact, most sociologists will tell you that the greatest achievement of mankind is the creation of large organizations, all of which are vertically structured. And mankind actually has a bias toward vertical structure. If you spend long enough thinking about organizational structure and organizational norms and societal norms, you'll end up in the exact same place. We're just simply trying to save you that time. But look, whether you ruminate on this or not, the obligation exists. Your boss, his boss, the VP, the division president, they expect you to do your job and carry the water to the best of your ability, not to the best of your limited ability only when you agree, not the best of your limited ability that you can tolerate so that you don't hurt anybody's feelings. If you take a different path and your team delivers poor performance on the new path, you're responsible for fomenting that lack of productivity. You have a choice. You yeah, can, like, sure. Listen, most people listen to this podcast live in a free world, right? You have a choice. You can get a different job. You quit. If it gets so burdensome that you can't follow this, yeah. then go get a different job and work for an organization that you can support. Yeah, and we would congratulate you for Absolutely. that. That you chose that this decision somehow morphed into an ethical decision for you about who you are as a person. There's nothing wrong with saying who I am as a person doesn't fit with this organization's mission or what this organization asks of me to do. That's a respectable decision to take. That's a respectable position to have. It is not, however, an ethical choice to say, I am going to be myself, disagree, openly disagree, and underplay, undercommunicate, undermotivate my team when I disagree. Well, you're stealing. You're taking the money. You're yeah. taking the money that the company gives you in the form of salary and compensation and not performing your obligations that the contract calls for. And it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a contract. And folks, I've watched VPs watch their own junior managers deliver a message. They watch carefully, okay? This was in the movie Margin Call, in fact, one of my favorite movies. They know that at their level, at the VP level, SVP level, they're too far removed to directly influence folks. They need you to do your part. Failure for you of you doing so would be an abdication. Admit It would be an admission of you being an individual contributor simply in a job over his or her head as opposed to being a leader doing the hard work of leading. Yeah, and folks, this is hard work. This is not easy. This is one of those things that folks, we said in the beginning, a lot of managers have a problem with this particular piece of their responsibilities. And so you're not alone, but yeah. you have to address it. Don't bear, you, you can't, I guess you can bear yourself in the head, yeah. bury your head in the sand and ignore it, but at your peril. Yeah, and look, since you know you're not alone, when you leave that meeting with your boss, go talk to your peer. Okay, go talk to your peer and say, how are you going to do this? What are we going to do? Can we help each other be better at this? That's the way to do it. So I just want to wrap up because you and I could talk for another half an hour about this. Um, you've got to fully support every decision of the company publicly. You must also do that privately. Again, there's no escape hatch, guys. <laughs> and, and again, hopefully we've helped you understand the underpinnings of you have to speak for the firm and not yourself. And like our earlier cast on this, murdering the unchosen, uh, the, the unchosen alternative, this is a tough lesson, okay? We want to align with our team because we're emotionally connected to them because we see them more often because we're humans. Being human is good. Hopefully, you've forged solid relationships with your team. And in this case, that's still not the ethical approach. 
I want you to think about something as this cast ends. Maybe you didn't ask this of yourself. Maybe you just think that your boss agreed with what he communicated to you. Do you really know? Maybe you don't. And if your boss said, we made a decision, maybe in fact he disagrees, but he showed you the way to do it right. It could happen. Yeah, maybe. Good. All right. Thank you, my friend. Great one. Great fun. Thanks, partner. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. <laughs>